Welcome to The Rundown, your source for the latest news and updates from the Kansas Legislative Division of Post Audit. I'm Maury Exline. In February 2024, Legislative Post Audit released a performance audit reviewing diversity, equity, and inclusion spending in foreign income at state universities. I'm with Heidi Zimmerman, Principal Auditor at Legislative Post Audit, who supervised the audit. Heidi, welcome to The Rundown. Thanks, Maury. So to get started, it sounds like diversity, equity, and inclusion may mean many things. Can you give me some background about what activities and services at universities might look like? Sure. So diversity, equity, inclusion, or DEI, uh, and the activities that might fall under the umbrella of DEI are not very well defined. So state law, uh, nor the Kansas Board of Regents, really has a set definition for precisely what those terms mean and what those activities are. So we asked all six state universities what DEI meant at their university. And we received kind of a variety of answers, although there were some commonalities among the six of them. So, for example, some told us that DEI activities are activities that improve access to higher education for all students. Uh, Others told us that DEI helps students live and work in a diverse world. So there's no set definition. um, And really kind of what exactly DEI activities are, little in the eye of the beholder. Uh, Nevertheless, the universities did report some specific services to us that they thought were DEI in nature. And those included things like outreach programs that connect university leaders to traditionally underrepresented student groups, also some tutoring and other educational resources that might improve a student's chance of academic success. Your audit determined the expenditures related to DEI at universities in Kansas. Can you explain a bit about your methodology and any limitations that you ran into during this audit? The audit question really asked us to determine how much state funding the university spent on certain DI activities last year. So to answer that, we needed to collect spending uh, data from the universities. So the first thing we had to do was ask the universities to report their DEI-related expenditures based on a definition that included some of the main themes we heard them talk about when we when we asked them about what DI meant at their university. So we asked them to report expenditures related to any activity or service the university provided to support students who may not have the same opportunities to succeed as other students. And we asked them to report that for the 22-23 school year. This does present a couple limitations, though, in terms of the completeness and consistency of the data. So first, like I said earlier, there's no standard definition of DEI, and there's no reporting requirements or accounting requirements related to it. So our ability to really detect incorrect or missing expenditures in the data that the universities reported to us is quite limited. We did conduct basic data reliability checks, but the accuracy of the information is dependent on whether or not the university is reported completely and accurately to us. Additionally, we cannot ensure complete consistency across all the universities either because they don't all think of DEI in exactly the same way. We did provide them all the same definition and provided them the same kind of guidance, but what activities or personnel each university considers to meet the definition may vary from university to university. So with that said, how much were universities spending on DEI and what were some of the biggest drivers of these expenditures? 
So in the 22-23 school year, the six state universities reported spending about $45 million on DEI-related personnel, training, and other activities. But the audit question, though, focused on how much universities spent in state funding. So out of that $45 million, about $9 million was spent with state funds. So nearly all of it, 97% of that $9 million was spent on salary and benefits for personnel. That included administrators uh, like directors of belonging and inclusion offices, support staff such as mental health counselors, and student employees uh, such as graduate teaching assistants. Um, we did find some other kind of interesting things. Um, first of all, not all of those people spend all of their time on DEI-related activities. So the director of a belonging inclusion office may spend all of their time on a DEI, on DEI activities, but an assistant in the dean's office may spend only a portion of their time on DEI activities. Additionally, not all staff are paid entirely with state funds. And in some cases, we saw that staff salaries uh, were paid only with a portion only a portion of those staff salaries were paid with state funds. Uh, I said 97% of the $9 million was on salary and benefits. So that other 3%, the universities reported spending most of that on other types of DEI services. It's about $220,000. This was for things like outreach programs to high school students, transportation services, and software to improve accessibility for students with disabilities. The last 55000 was for training. Uh, universities reported holding 19 trainings that were paid at least in part with state funding. That included things like diversity seminars, cultural competency training, and social justice training. Uh, the last thing to note here is that the $9 million in state funds that universities reported spending on DEI-related activities represents only about 1% of their total state appropriation. So the second part of your audit talks about university funding from foreign sources. Can you give me some background about funding sources and what universities use foreign funding for? Sure. Federal and state law allow universities to receive money from foreign sources. And the federal government defines a foreign source as a foreign government, an individual who is not a U.S. citizen or a U.S. national, a legal entity, so like a business that's created under the laws of a foreign country, or an agent acting on behalf of a foreign source. So universities receive money from foreign sources for a number of reasons. Uh, the most common, though, is for tuition and fees, and that's for you know, a foreign student to attend a Kansas university. Uh, foreign companies also sometimes contract with the university to provide a certain service. So, for example, you know, to conduct research. And universities also sometimes receive money from foreign sources uh, in the form of a gift. Um, for example, to create a scholarship. Uh, so really, there are lots of reasons universities might receive money from a foreign source. Your audit determined total university funding coming from foreign sources. Can you explain a bit about your methodology and any limitations that you ran into during this review? So we asked all six universities to report to us all the money they received from a foreign source in the 22-23 school year. And we defined foreign source, source largely in the same way that the federal government does. Uh, when we received that data, we, we performed basic reliability checks on that data, um, and we didn't find any specific problems with what, what was reported, but we are reliant on what the universities reported to us, and if they didn't report completely um, or accurately, we really have kind of a limited ability to detect it. So with that said, how much funding did universities receive from foreign sources, and what was the purpose of those funds? 
So in the 23 school year, the six state universities reported receiving about $116 million from foreign sources. Uh, now that's the total. It really ranges from about $42 million at KU to about $3 million at Emporia State. Uh, 96% of that, so overwhelmingly, that money uh, was for tuition and fees for foreign students to attend a Kansas university. Uh, about $5 million was for contractual services. Uh, so the university was providing a contracted service uh, to a foreign source. Um, and that included things like aircraft safety assessments. Uh, we also saw some medical research in there as well. And then a very small amount, about $113,000, was for gifts. And that included gifts for things like research and for scholarships as well. Um, and we should note that the $116 million from foreign sources made up about 4% of the university's nearly $3 billion in revenues for the 23 school year. Your report breaks down where this funding came from. What did you find with this analysis? Universities reported receiving money from 170 different countries. Out of the $116 million the universities reported, half of that money came from just two countries, uh, from India and China. So and most of that was for tuition and fees. So in total, universities reported receiving tuition and fees from 168 countries. And universities also reported receiving money for contractual services from 39 countries. In terms of the contracts, the, uh, the United Kingdom paid the most at about $850,000. And then last, universities reported receiving gifts from 29 different countries. And they received the most, about $55,000, from Canada. So finally, what was the biggest takeaway from this audit? The biggest takeaway is probably related to, to DEI. And as I mentioned earlier, DEI is really a very poorly defined concept. What one university views as a DEI-related activity, another might not. So this lack of an agreed-upon definition you know, adds some complexity to gaining a really consistent and complete understanding of how the universities or how much the universities really spend on these activities. Heidi Zimmerman is a principal auditor at Legislative Post Audit. She supervised an audit reviewing diversity, equity, and inclusion spending in foreign income at state universities. Heidi, thanks for visiting the rundown and discussing this audit's findings with me. Thanks for having me, Maury. Thank you for listening to The Rundown. To receive newly released podcasts, subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. For more information about Legislative Post Audit and to read our audit reports, visit kslpa.org, follow us on Twitter at KSAudit, or visit our Facebook page.